This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, for the first time of many times this week, it's Nick Campton. Hello. Hello, everyone. That's right. We're knocking it up another notch. This is grand final week. And we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to stack them up, man. We're bringing you shows every single day from now until Saturday, until That's... match eve. Mm. Grand final, grand final day eve. One of the, one of our most sacred holidays. I like to, hang up my grand final tree and put up grand final decorations and listen to grand final carols and things like that. And then mm. hopefully if I've been a good boy this year, yep, given a grand final on Sunday. I will be going to the Dendies screen, screening of footy legends on grand final <laughs> Eve. Just to get I'm in the more mood. Of a, I'm more of a, the final winter guy myself. Nabel's got chops, man. He can act. Mate, Nabel's a really good actor. He's yeah. really good in the dry. Mm. Did you see that they're bringing out the dry too? Is it called the wet? No, it's not, and it should be. I made that exact same joke. Oh, did when you I found good? Out about okay. it, fantastic. Uh, no, but uh, that's that's good to know. I I wish Matt Nabel the best in all dry related endeavors. I don't I don't think he's making it to the second movie. Mm. But yeah, it's called it's called Force of Nature: The Dry Two. Oh, I don't like that. Shout out the dry, one of the great Australian movies. And mm. I reckon I reckon if I went back and watched the final winter, which. Matt Nabel wrote and starred in. So 2000, 2007, he was playing a guy on the Newtown Jets. I have, I, I think it might be a legitimately okay movie. Yeah. Well, I don't we... know if Matty Johns' acting chops will... Ah, will, uh, oh, come on. Last, Matty, he last right. the test of time, though. He's in both that and Footy Legends, Matty Johns. The, the, one the of big, our finest The big actors. two. Yeah. Anyway, the big two will be playing on Sunday at Stadium Australia, but we'll preview that game on Friday. So... Uh, brief rundown of the schedule. We've got today's show looking back on the weekend. We've got Tuesday. We'll be doing a Penrith preview. We've got questions on Wednesday. It'll be on the main feed, much like we had one at the start of the year. Thursday, Broncos preview. Friday, game preview. And then we'll have the grand final of Slow Your Brain and our team of the year sprinkled in there as well. Wednesday, we might do that. When We'll do team of the year on okay. Wednesday at the start That's of the Dally question M times pod because we've got Dally M that night. Okay, yeah. And then we'll have the final of Slow Your Brain as a standalone episode on Saturday, just just as a little yeah. morsel, just as and, a little um, amuse-bouche to cleanse uh, the palate. And on that note, if, uh, if in case you were wondering why the second semifinal hasn't happened yet, we just had a little bit of scheduling issues, but that will be flopped onto, I believe, tomorrow's episode with Penrith. So You're going to be getting there. it, guys. Don't worry about I mean, it. Like, this, gonna be Harry's so a many- busy man. We're going to be right. so many shows this week, man. You're not going yeah. to know if you're coming or going. It's and if that's great. if that's not enough content for you, Nick and I have both set up a uh, online booking service for Sunday morning. You can uh, reserve a 15 minute block to talk to us on the phone about footy. This is the first I'm hearing of this, but yeah. I'm into it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the, Campo, the, the, boom, the boom rookies hotline. Yeah, it's Doc. Oh, uh, you and I can go to the footy someday. <laughs> It's the black vegetable. Gambo, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love Here's that. some words that rhyme with grand final. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, so I guess the, the our main takeaway going into the uh, games on Friday was that we said we just wanted one of them to be close, that we didn't think either of them would be. And, you know, for the first two minutes on Friday night, <laughs> I thought the Storm are up for this. They're, they're winning the middle. They're winning the yardage battle. Penrith had 
Penrith had to kick from their own 30 in the first set. And then the second set, they were yeah, also then, deep then in their the, own half. And the third minute of the game happened. Yeah. And then there was a penalty, which, you know, you can't recover from a penalty. In no, the you third can't. Minute. There's no coming back from that. And then, yeah, it was a uh, procession after that. The only question really at that point was, were we going to get a finals burger? Which are so, uh, there's never been a prelim burger. No, never. Uh, this ended up being the biggest win in NRL preliminary final history, which it's probably not what you want. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so there's like, like you, like you, like you said, I even I thought even after that tie try up the storm were doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they level up through through Justin Olam scoring, and things are sort of going all right. They're maybe not like winning the the middle, but they're competing physically. They're holding mm-hmm. their own okay. But after about maybe 15 Yeah, minutes, when Nas goes off, it's just, it's over. Yeah, yeah. And things kind of just fell apart for them. And mm. I, I I, didn't think Penrith lifted in intensity or anything like that. I think they just sort of stayed at the same level, which of course mm. is a very high level. But they sort of just stayed consistent with their physicality and with their effort and with their execution through the game. And that's sort of their great, that's their superpower. Their superpower is their ability to be consistent and from play to play, set to set, minute to minute, hour to hour, game to game. You know yes. what I mean? And that's just sort of all they did. They just sort of rolled through all the stuff that they normally do. And the Storm got overwhelmed. It's, yeah. I mean, mate, the, I, the difference to me, it, it, it is that simple. It's, it's, there's never, there's never a quality drop off with, with Penrith when they're like, so they've got James Fisher House is their, their bell cow, right? He goes off, Spencer Lenu comes on, they don't really miss a step. Whereas when Nelson Osofa Salomona goes off and they bring on the still kind of injured Christian Welch or whoever else they brought on, it just it, it's night and day. And yeah, after that, after that, they just never really recovered. And I agree. I don't think Penrith had to play all that well to win this one. I thought Isaiah Yo in particular was really good. Every single run he had was was making like 10, 15 meters and and they just executed very, very well. It wasn't sort of like what we've seen from Penrith in the past where they'll end up winning one of these games like 16-6 because they'll have all the ball but just no ability to execute their plays. They just did whatever they wanted every time they got the ball, every time they got down Melbourne's end. And it was interesting because, yeah, we, we they, they played fine. They played well. But you go back to that first half where Melbourne, if they'd just been a little bit more clinical with their execution and just a little bit less Yeah, they had a sloppy. couple of chances. So let's... Quickly go through the first try is directly after a dumb Marion Seve penalty, which he gives away for no reason. Then the game's tied and they bomb a try with the line wide open. Leo throws that pass a bit behind Justin yeah. Orr. And and then after that, it's uh it's it's a it's a it's another try from um uh is it the the next try was the was it the next try the needless pass in their own half from Seve or was it another penalty? I think it was the needless pass. I'm not sure. Yeah, that gave Panther that got the Panthers and a then, good ball and, and then punished him. And then the next the next two points, the penalty goal, was Nas just shoving Nathan Cleary over for no reason at all. And then the last try was, again, straight off a penalty when Melbourne were on the attack. Penalty, up the other end, try. And it was just like four or five instances in that half where Melbourne did something silly and Penrith made them pay to the maximum degree, which yeah. isn't something they've necessarily done, even in this dominant period. They, are, they often play with the food a little bit and keep teams around, but... For whatever reason, that was just never on the cards in this game. And every single time Melbourne gave them half a sniff, they made them pay. And I think it was telling that 
you and I, fierce anti-Mexican wave people, could not begrudge the Panthers fans from starting one with 20 minutes to go oh, in no, a prelim final. I, I mean, I didn't like it, but you could understand it because it was like, well, yeah, they're bored because they're so good and they're winning by a million points. They just, they just forced no, their no, Mexican wave. I will not accept. Oh, they were, they were bored, so it's okay. It's okay, a preliminary so you're, final, and your team's up by a hundred. So you're, points. you're regrudging them. Yes, like, okay, I, I would, I would, I would just be like bathing in in the happiness of They're the moment. Board of would, success. Yeah, that's I the... sent, I sent this because I, I wrote about this, and then I, someone, someone messaged me about it, and the, <laughs> I sent them back the video of the Futurama episode with the scary door when the problem gambler goes to hell and he just wins the jackpot every time <laughs> he pulls the slot machine. That's how Penrith fans are getting to a point where they're just so bored with success that it's like, ah, oh, well, let's start some Mexican ways. Let's try to enjoy this. This frivolous let's, let's, let's preliminary re, Let's reignite a, a trend from the early 2000s <laughs> that was not even good then. Uh, but so, yeah, as, as soon as... um, Yeah, uh, uh, the second half was complete domination. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you pinpointed um, how easy the Storm sort of made it for Penrith in, in, in getting them into good field position. And there's a, a little passage of play that I'd really like to highlight, and it's before that to Ruva tries. So in the set beforehand, Melbourne are attacking Penrith's line, and I... I'm going to assume it's it's Munster. He puts a kick in. Tungo picks it up about a meter from his own dead ball line. Breaks mm. two tackles to get out of the in goal. It's a really great run. Then To'o, who was superb in this game again, has a great carry that goes up nearly 20 meters and gets the gets the Panthers rolling again. On the next play, Nathan Cleary ducks out a dummy half, gets Remus Smith for offside. And then two seconds later, the Panthers are on the attack. And two seconds after that, they're scoring a really well-constructed try in the corner on the last tackle. And it's like Penrith are already good enough um, that they can sort of create their own chances and they can find their own way up there. If you give them a saloon passage the way that Melbourne did, either through errors or through penalties or through not being uh, muscular enough to stop them in the middle of the field with all the athletic ball carries Penrith have, you're essentially rolling out the red carpet for them. You know, mm. you are like winning is already easy for them you cannot afford to make it even easier, you know? And I, I think this storm performance kind of showed up a lot of the limitations of the side, not just from this year, but from the past couple of years, I think Craig Bellamy has done a great job to stretch the talents of his best players as far as he can, but in papering or in, in, in the talent of those players papering over cracks through the season, you get to a game like this, and those there's pressure applied to those cracks and they widen and bad things happen, you mm. know? And like, I, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful of, of any of the storm players that were out there, but when you're, when there are, there are just too many blokes that they're carrying on that team who are just not elite level performers. And when I say an elite level performer, I don't mean a test player or an origin player or anything like that. I just mean like honest to God, strong, competent first graders mm. who are good enough to excel in a role and make it their own. You know what I mean? Like the storm don't have Scott Sorensen's out there. You know, the storm no. don't have Lindsay Smith's uh, going back to other Penrith teams of the past. The storms don't, the storm don't have uh, guys like Paul Momorowski, you know, who like by his own admission is not, he's not a star. He's not a stud, but he was able to come in and perform his job to a high enough level to facilitate the rest of the stars on the team. And I just don't think the storm have got that. Like, mm. You know, there's there's too many fellas like, you know, Trent Loyero, who I thought was really poor in this one, or Tom Eisenhuth or Bronson Garlic. And like again, I, I don't I don't want to sound disrespectful to any of these players, but there's just too many guys who just don't quite have 
that sort of that sort of blue chip potential in them. You know, yeah, it's their roster as it's constructed right now is very much to use an old fantasy football term, stars and scrubs. And yeah, it's it's top heavy. That's, again, it's that's not heavy. to and denigrate these guys at all. They're all they're still brilliant athletes who are still in the top point zero one percent of people that do what they do. But in in big games like this, in moments like this, you need to be in the point. You need, you need to be in the top point zero zero one percent. So Num- yeah. numbers are hard. They are. Hard. But like, like again, they, through the year, this isn't as much of a problem for the Storm. They did finish third. They have made it to the preliminary final, right? These guys on the Storm are good enough to handle most teams in the competition, but we're not talking about most teams in the competition now. We're talking about the big dogs, man. We're talking about the apex predator, hmm. you know? And the Storm just don't have the, they don't have the munitions to go with a Penrith or a Brisbane. And if you are the Storm, who have a very high standard of things and who always want to be in that premiership conversation, then that's a, then that's a big problem. You know, and if you are top heavy the way that they are, in games like this, eventually you'll fall off balance, split your differential, and tip the fuck over. And that's exactly what happened, man. Mm. They 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 real they really got tipped over. The, the 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 way that their roster is constructed really came back to bite them, I thought. Yeah, mate, completely agree. And this was our big concern when we looked at this game beforehand. Was just how on earth are they going to match it with Penrith with all these guys when they get a roll on? And the answer was they couldn't. They couldn't, yeah. And, you know, I don't know how you solve that because they lost a lot of veteran talent with those boys that left for the Dolphins last year. They didn't really replace them. I understand a lot of those guys, you might say their best foot is behind them anyway, but they were still experienced operators, canny operators in September, guys who knew how good to perform in living, men. good rugby league men who knew how to perform in big moments, who had big match experience. And I think we did see a lot of that inexperience in this game. And I'm just kind of wondering where they go from here because like Ryan Pappenhausen's long-term viability in the NRL is up. It is questionable, which sucks because he seems like a great fella and I want him to succeed. But at this point, you can't just assume that he's going to just be coming back and being the guy that he, he once was. And then you've got Cam Munster, who's you know not that old, but there's a lot of there's a lot of miles on that on that on that on that meter. You know, like that that's a guy who's been around for a really long time. Yeah, in and big had games. A, had, a, had a I think he's he was below his best this year. I agree. And then they had Jerome Hughes, who I think had his best year, but you know it, it just didn't really line up with with the rest of those guys. And then yeah, Will Will, Will Warbrick was a bright spot for them, but mm. other than that, it's like well Justin Ollum was out of the team for two months for some reason and really only came back in because of injuries. Like Nick Meany's and, been fine. Yeah, and but... when, when Olam came back in, I, th- I thought Olam, he was probably okay in attacking this one, but defensively I thought mm. he was really poor. And those two, those all three of Brian Toto's tries come from Penrith exploiting the space either side of Justin Olam. If you go back and watch that first one again, Trent Loyero gets caught at marker and look how far in, look, or look at the gap around Justin Olam. Like if you offer Penrith, a nice, a nice bullseye like that. They are not going to miss, and they are not going to stop firing. You know, and I, th- I think, I think you're right, man. Like most of the time, most of the time, teams invest big in three spine players. You know, they have usually mm. it's one of the halves, um, a fullback and a hooker. Sometimes it changes around. Like Penrith are going big on their fullback and their halves, for instance, and they're trying to save some money with Mitch Kenny Hooker. Mm. It's very rare that you see a team pony up big money for all four mm. and, when and one do, of them doesn't play. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of them doesn't play. And, and the other problem there is if you're ponying up that money for the four, then all of a sudden your margin for error in mm. your other roster spots becomes minuscule. So 
you can't afford to have one of your off-season recruits be Tarek Sims and have him not really work out. Yeah. You know, you need to get all the other decisions right to fill out your roster the way it needs to be filled out, you know? So that 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 is the interesting part about where Melbourne go from here because all these things that we're saying now, they were also true last year when they got beaten by Canberra in the, in the first week of the finals. Mm. You know, I, I think as constructed right now, they are a really good regular season team. Yep. But they themselves know that in the finals, you need something extra. And just right now, I just don't know if they have it. I don't know where it's going to come from with yeah. the guys that they like. Jonah Pezzett is a guy who's super talented, but he's occupied. He plays a position that they've already abundantly strong in in the in the halves. And forward. Like, just, the get Jonah, thing, just get Jonah eaten all summer. Yeah, I was going to say unless he can unless he can play prop, that doesn't really help their situation going forward. And they don't really seem to have. I mean, this is the storm though, so they could just unearth a couple of monsters that you and I've never heard of, which is inexplicably <laughs> good. But as it stands, with the way their their team is shaped up, I just don't see them being a serious contender to win the title going forward. I really don't. And I think they only got this far because a couple of teams who I think are better equipped to deal with teams like Penrith, such as Souths and Parramatta and the Cowboys, just had weird down seasons where a lot of shit went wrong in the regular season. I think all three of those teams are better equipped to be in the spot that Melbourne were in on Friday night, which I think is, you know, which might sound stupid because those teams will miss the finals, but those are teams that I think have a little bit more talent across the board to be able to match it with Penrith. Not that anyone can match it with them, but like yeah. to, you know, to, 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 to not have the biggest preliminary final loss in the history of the sport, basically. Yeah. So those three teams you named, I think they all have higher ceilings than Melbourne, but they just couldn't get their shit together week to yeah, week. Agree and Melbourne that. are very good at getting their shit together week to week, but that's true. We're not in the week to week business anymore, man. No. Um, what did you think of a Sofa Solomona in this game? Because there's been a lot of chat going around that, like, you know, when they, when he was out there in that first 17 minutes or whatever, the storm mm. were going okay. But I thought it was really telling. There was a quote that uh, Craig Bellamy gave at the press. Our friend friend of the show, George Clark, asked him about a Sofa Solomona coming off that early. Mm. And, like, was that a plan or was that sort of just as the game was going? And Bellamy gave a very Bellamy answer, but then he finished with the last bit of the quote was, Nelson was looking for a rest, so we gave him one. He did. I remember him. Yeah, it was. A, I found that comment very interesting as well. Mm. He he was physical without the ball, but like he had like three or four hit ups. He didn't do very much. He only with ball yeah. In I, hand I was in quite that surprised by that. He only had what he had five I, for the entire game. Yeah, I think we when we were chatting after that press conference, I think Martin Journalism Gabor told me that he had three runs for eighteen meters or something. Like yeah. something comically low in that first stint, I mean. So Yeah, so like Josh King had twice as many meters. Yes, I don't know. Like I understand I'm not sitting out here saying, oh, you just need to have Nas out there for eighty minutes, but like he's got to do it. He's got to play a bit more, I think. If 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 they're going to be successful in in these types of games, you need your best players to be out there for more than uh, I'm just gonna pull it up. More than 34 minutes in the whole game. They need to. They need to find a way to get more out yep. of him. I, I thought it was interesting the language Bellamy used that Nelson yes. was looking for a rest, so we gave him one. And looking at that push, is that, that alluding? I was gonna again, say, is that what he's alluding to? I, I think. I think so. I think so. I, I. I. I was working on a story during this presser, so I wasn't a part of it or whatever. You were locked like that. in. So I'm. Hey. You were locked in. Oh mate, I was. I was in the zone. You were. Um. So, so I'm not sure there, but I they they have to find they have to find a way to get more out of a side for Solomon because I feel like he's one of the he's one of the players that can supercharge the team, and I feel like this year we just haven't seen the best of him. And this is a story the way this Storm team is designed, they need to get 
the best out of him. Absolutely. They need as much out of him as he can possibly, possibly give, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, mate, honestly, sometimes it's just as simple as they don't have as many great players as they used to. I think that's mm. just the reality we're at with the Storm. Oh, well, they've had a lot of success. <laughs> I, can, I can see a, a single tear yeah. rolling down your cheek. Oh, man. All right. Moving. We'll talk yeah. more about the Panthers later yeah, in the of week, course. of course. But a whole um, show. Uh, you know, all the usual suspects turned up. Brian. Oh, Tot- did Isaiah Yo play well in a prelim? Did he grow up? Uh, yeah, Isaiah Yo was really good. James Fisher Harris was superb in that in that first stint. I thought he was the one who sort of stayed steady with his physicality that that, that helped the Panthers get the ascendancy in that regard. And I, I also thought his passing, which is a really underrated part of his game, was just excellent. Go watch again those first two two tries, and you won't believe it. It's Fisher Harris going deep into the line. Throwing a great pass out the back, creating all that space for his outside man. Isaiah Yo gets all the raps um, for what he does in the middle for the Panthers, and rightly so. But I don't think Isaiah Yo can do what he does if Fisher Harris doesn't do mm. what he does. So, um, a perennially unsung hero, even though he's already pretty sunk. It's, it's a, crazy how dominant they are, man. Like looking at the stats again, like if you, like, you take out their halves, so that's Luai Clear and Cogger, who obviously came on because they were able to give Luai rest, and you take out Mitch Kenny and Luke Garn, who played 10 minutes. All their other remaining players, bar one, made at least 100 meters. But they just—is that good? It's not bad. <laughs> um, they're just—they're just, just so dominant. I've—I've I've never seen anything like this, and like, I, I don't know if we ever will again because I just—I just don't understand how they're just always the fittest team. They're always the strongest team. They're always the most physical team. No one ever gets fucking hurt. No one ever gets tired. No one ever takes a backward step. They—they're they're just a, a a finely tuned rugby league machine. I, we, were I, I, to, we, were, we were trying to get Toto after the game to talk to him about the hat trick. Mm. Um, and someone said, oh, you know, he was limping around and doesn't like, and he, and he didn't end up talking to anyone because, you know, he was a bit busted up or whatever. And like, yeah, he was limping around. Apparently his cast no good. Rah, 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 he's not going to play. If, you know, he might not play next week. And I said, Toto's like that after every game. After every game, he looks like he's been in a car crash. Mm. And guess what? He plays the next week. Like yeah, Brian Tyler's not missing the grand final. Yeah, I will exclusively ch- reveal ch- on Boom Rookies <laughs> on Monday that Brian Ty is playing in the grand final. Hundred percent, mate. You'd have to you would you would have you would have to lock him up to stop him playing in the grand final. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like Bellamy made a real another another really good. He was in a good. He was in a surprise. He was in a surprisingly jovial mood. I wouldn't say jovial, but I just thought he was. He made some really good. Uh, what are you, the adjective at- police? <laughs> I'd do well in that job. You what? You would. Um, he made a good point about the Panthers. Someone said, are they, are they better than they were last year or the year before? Mm. And Bellamy said, I'm not sure if they're better, but they're getting better at playing, at playing their game and playing their way. Mm. And I, I actually think that's, that's what this Penrith side, that's what they might have over the 2022 and the 2021 teams. Like the 2021 team is probably their most talented. And then 2022 is not far behind. But this team just knows exactly what it's doing every single minute of every single game because they've just been doing it for so long now. So even if you know they're not as talented as they were when Viliami Kikau and Matt Burton and a couple of other blo- and Happy Coruscant and a couple of other blokes were there, machine is the word, you know. Mm-hmm. And every single part of the machine is operating at peak capacity, and every single part of that machine is geared towards one goal and one objective, you know. And they are just they have become so expert in playing their way and there's, there's net there's i i never go into a panther a big panthers game thinking well the panthers aren't going to be able to get their game on you know the panthers aren't aren't go- they, they're not going to know what they're supposed to do in 
in in big spots or whatever. Everybody knows what's going on at Are all you, times. You're familiar with the ship of Theseus, right? Yes. Okay, so in 2039, when Nathan Cleary Jr. Maybe, maybe explain to the listeners who aren't familiar with the ship of Theseus what the ship okay, of Theseus so the, is. Okay, the, so the, it's a thought experiment regarding a boat, right? And it's basically this boat sailing across the ocean. And every now and again, you take out like one part, one piece of the boat, like one plank of wood or whatever, and replace it with a new one. And then the argument is that by the time you get to the other end of the voyage, you've replaced every single piece at least once. Is it still the same ship that it began with? I say that it is. I don't know what you think, but the point is Penrith, depends I feel like... Depends who's sailing it, I guess. I guess, but like Penrith, I feel like they can keep replacing these guys forever and only a couple of them are truly irreplaceable. And even then, like as long as you don't lose all of them at once, you'll probably be okay. So it's just like, this isn't like other dynasties in the past, or maybe dynasty is the wrong word because it's really hard to win back-to-back comps. Very few teams have done it, but it, it really is just so different to anything we've seen before. And there's no reason to expect that when they lose Stephen Crichton and Spencer Lenu, that they're not just going to unearth a couple more gems. There's, there's no reason to expect it because they lost Bill Kicker. They lost Matt Burton. They lost, uh, they lost, they lost arguably the best hooker in the game. And it just doesn't matter. None of it matters. Like it's fucked. <laughs> I just, I've never seen anything like this. And I think they're now getting so good that like, even now, like I still got pushback from some of the older people on, on the internet last year when after they won the grand final, very handily. I said they're the best team that I've ever seen. And I still got some pushback from people. Well, A, I said that I've seen, so I haven't seen the early 80s Eels or the 1950s Dragons, but I'm prepared to say they're the best team ever, including teams that I haven't seen if they if they win it again this week. Yeah, if they if they win on Sunday, they have a more than fair claim to being the best team to ever play this sport. Over a multi-year period, because the things that they're doing, like Bennett, none of, like Bennett had some, Wayne Bennett had some great Broncos teams over the years, and that that single season were maybe better than the Panthers' best, but they never won three straight. Neither did any of Trent Robinson's Roosters. Neither did, neither did Tim Sheen's Raiders. You know, Jack Gibson's Jack Gibson's Eels did, but we're talking about a different sport back then. And then before that, for a team winning three straight, you've got to go back to the Rabbitohs of the late 60s and early 70s or the Dragons from 1956. How to dare you bring that up? We didn't, and win, we didn't win three in a row. Oh, didn't you? My we bad. went 67, 68, lost in 69, 70, 71. Sorry, that was a team making four grand Poppy finals. Poppy Bungard has still not forgiven Balmain for their sorry, tactics on that Sorry, I got mixed up day. with teams making four grand finals in a row. <laughs> so of the other teams to make four grand finals in a row, the Eels are the only other team to win three of them. Like the Storm made four grand finals in a row, they lost two of those grand finals and it came out later that they were over the salary cap by miles and miles, you mm. know? So we have to go back four decades for the only other example, the only other time that this has happened in the limited tackle era. Yep. Like the, the 56 to 66 dragons. I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, they were just playing a bunch of fucking plumbers. So it doesn't count. I'm not one of those guys, but they were playing a different sport to what we're playing now. Not in, and not just in terms of, the way players trained and and the, you know how much more athletic they are these days. Unlimited tackle football is a completely different sport. It sounds wild that that was just a thing for. Ages. I know for years and years and years. There's probably still been more unlimited tackle football played than there has been tackle. Yeah, football there would played, be, which is crazy. But that's the point. The point is, we have to go to the very the very limits of of human memory in rugby league to find a team to compare this Panthers side to. Mm. 
you know, and they are just bending the fucking fabric and reality of this sport to their will because so much of rugby league is designed to stop something like this from happening. You yep. know, the final it's, series is high variance. The salary yeah. cap is supposed to get, you yep. know, parity, all that stuff. And it just, and it's weird because this shit is not meant to happen. No, it's not. And it's like every team spends millions on analytics and sports science and, 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 you know, facilities and all this shit. And yet they're just so much better at all of that stuff than everyone else. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. The yep. Logic. And if they went on Sunday, I reckon they, they could credibly call themselves the best ever, but they got a big job first. That's right. Because they got a big job ahead of them. Uh, another well, well rested uh, team going into the Sunday will be the Broncos. They took Adam Reynolds off with 20 to go. The victory cigars were well and truly in the mouth as they put the Warriors to the sword. I thought that, I mean, honestly, I thought Brisbane left points out there. I really did. And I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because every three months someone's torn to show. No, I don't want to spend too much time on it because like, why has there been three days of discourse about a forward pass in a game that a team won by a thousand points? It was, it was very forward. It was, but like, who gives you shit? Oh, it's a whole different game if like they score other, there. Other, other forward passes look at that pass and think, damn, now that's a forward pass. It was, yeah, that's fine. But like, also, Brisbane played some scintillating rugby league and they absolutely dominated a Warriors pack that all year has been sort of their their calling card, their sort of, their point of difference with doing playing football the way they want to play is being, you know, their ability to be able to push other teams away physically. And it was just the complete opposite. And then from there, the platform that Brisbane built on. I mean, we did talk about the, the the talent difference in that in that back line, and it was just clear to see. They got they get a you know the Warriors get an intercept and a couple of other tries, but really, I thought that this was as dominant as Friday, if not even more so. It's it's funny. I think the Warriors getting that early try to Wateni Zalesniak was actually the worst thing that could have happened to them, because I think getting that just sped the game up. And the game kept speeding up when Billy Walters got his try and it kept speeding up when Tennis Lesniak got his second. And all of a sudden it was this absolute breakneck pace. And, you know, guess which team in the entire league loves playing at a breakneck pace more than anybody else. Oh, Maybe is, more than any team. Is I've it the one seen. with a bunch of psychos who run really fast and try to score every time they get the ball? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's that one. Fantastic. It's that one. And then Brisbane just like rode the lightning for like 20 minutes and it was absolutely insane. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a team play that fast, even, even with, even in the Vlando ball era. And this game actually reminded me a lot of Vlando ball, you mm. know, like it was on a really, really, really quick deck up at Suncorp. And it was just fast, fast, fast. It was like run and gun. And the Warriors just could not go with them, could not go with them. And I don't think there's a team in the league that could go with Brisbane when, when they're in that sort of mood, not even Penrith. Not even Penrith, because as we said, Penrith's whole thing is like consistency, minute to minute. You know, Brisbane can't play, can't the way they played in that first 20 or so, Brisbane can't do that for 80 minutes because it's not possible to play like that for 80 minutes. Like if you did, like people would be having heart attacks on the sidelines. Mm. Like fans would have heart attacks watching it. Like it, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not possible to spread, to, 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 to play that way over an entire match. But mm. You can do it for ten minutes and win the game, and, and that's did. kind of exactly. that's kind of that's kind of what Brisbane did. They just blew it apart. You know, it felt like every time Reese Walsh was touching the ball, he was going to score or he was going to set up a try. It felt like the Warriors, like let alone making a tackle, they couldn't win a tackle. 
You know, every Brisbane carry was like, oh, the bloke's nearly busted through and then he's played it super quick or he's carried three blokes 10 metres and then offloaded and they're going again. Like mm. on the second Billy Walters try, watch how far away Reese Walsh comes from as, so- as, soon as, as soon as there's an offload. I don't remember who offloads it, but someone offloads it and Walsh is in the backfield bludgeoning a little bit. And as soon as the offload comes, it's like he's been, it's like he's a fucking bullet. Yeah. And he just flies onto the ball from nowhere. And just like, he's just, like, he, the, all the great qualities of this Brisbane team are sort of, com, are sort of contained in him. Like he's just fast and willing. And he has this, this thirst to, to run and score and win and excel. And it's just fucking exhilarating to watch. It is so good, man. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. They are so much fun. And it's getting to a point where I think a, a, a cocktail of Penrith being so dominant now for a few years, Brisbane kind of being a little bit irrelevant, as as irrelevant as a Broncos team can be for the last couple of years, and them playing this brand of footy that I honestly think that neutrals will be cheering for the Broncos this weekend, which you and growing up, like that would be that would be considered sacrilegious. But like it seems like that's that's on the cards for this weekend because I can't remember enjoying a team that I didn't support. I can't remember watching a team that I don't support play as much as I do with this team. They're, yeah, it's they're ju- just yeah. so good. We just heard me talking about it then. Like here's a it was it was funny. I watched this game at um at Pup's house. Um we had, had a couple of the boys over. He made ribs. It was great. And his partner came home with about 10 minutes to go. Um she'd been at, she'd been at the pub with some of her friends. They got they got engaged recently, so congrats to Pup and Maddie, but Good work, Pup and Maddie. Yeah, but so Maddie so Maddie's Maddie's friends took her out and you know they had a couple of drinks and all that sort of thing and a few of them came back to pup's place about with about 10 minutes to go in the game and there was a bit there where it was broken play and Walsh put a little kick in and like we had you know music playing and stuff so we couldn't hear the commentary but we thought he was scoring it got called back for something earlier in the play but when he got the ball and and went to kick it pup's partner and all her friends started like clapping and cheering like it was one of the beatles or something and then afterwards i said Wow, it's like one of the Beatles or something. And they said the Beatles were 50 years ago, Nick. It's time to move on. They, that made me that. feel old. <laughs> they but, did not say that. But, the, but that's kind of the point. The, the point is, is, is that this is a team I think that you're right. It just kind of I don't know. I think it speaks to something in a lot in a lot of different people. I think it energizes a lot of people that mm. might not even be that into footy sometimes, you know, yeah. just because of just because like the Broncos are young and fresh and good looking and exciting, you know. Well, and it's it's just, just, yeah, it's 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 not often that you sort of see a lot of stars like really, really get born before your eyes. But that's what's happened to a lot of them, well, a lot we, of the Broncos boys this year. We have been fundamentally conditioned over the past ten to fifteen years of rugby league to know that there is a specific type of way that wins your football games at the end of the year, and there's a specific style that comes with that that you have to adapt to if you want to be successful. And none of that is what Brisbane subscribed to. It's it's not it's not meant to be this ridiculous open almost touch football esque sport where you've got this 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 child who just runs faster than any person that you or I have ever seen. This and, handsome little boy. Yeah, every time he just gets the ball, something cool happens. Like it's not meant to be like that. You're not meant to be able to just have this behemoth in the middle of the field who every single time he takes a carry early in a set just puts you on the front foot for that entire set because he's so good at knocking defenders over and getting up and playing the ball. That's not how any of this stuff is supposed to work. Finals footy, especially, it's supposed to be a grind. It's supposed to be a war of attrition. It's supposed to be about who blinks first. But these pricks will blink every set. They don't care. They'll just do what they want to do. They'll just try 
And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They'll do it again. They'll just keep. They'll, like, like, the I, only the only grinding that's happening is on the dance floor at the Caxton. Exactly right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, it's like, oh shit. Well, you know that 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 play didn't come off. It's all right. We got another seventy five minutes to try and score a try out of yeah. nothing, and they'll do I'm it like, four or yeah, five I'm times like in a game, and then that's it. Yeah, they're, they're like they're like wild boys, man, and they play that way. But I I never feel like. I I always feel like they've still earned the right. You know what I mean? Like, well, hell, yeah. Well, they've still got like they're for, like yeah. Ka- Carrigan, Haas, Flegler, even Ricky. Like, all these dudes are like Haas has always been amazing, but Carrigan in particular the last eighteen months has been brilliant. And then guys like Ricky, Billy Walters, these dudes are playing career best footy, career yeah. best, and it's not even close. Like no one, even even Kevin, probably never thought Billy Walters could play <laughs> this well. Like this guy was playing halfback for the West Tigers like a year and a half ago, <laughs> and now he's. Starting a grand final as the better of the two hookers. Like now, it, it, now group chats across the country are lighting up with the phrase "Billy Walters, Clive Churchill, Ruffy." You're hearing it more and, and more, and I'm into it <laughs> too. The yeah, narr- like, it's a narrative-based like, award. To, to get back to my earlier point, this doesn't this doesn't feel like Vlando Ball when you could just spin it wide and stuff was always going to happen. Like Brisbane are still they're still doing all the right things in the mm. middle of the field, like. Payne Haas, 19 runs, 217 meters. Like, what the fuck? Are you serious, mate? Like, yeah. well, Tom Flegler, 19 runs for 151. Pat Carrigan, 13 for 122. Keenan Palacia, 19 runs, 146 meters. Like, come on, bro. What is this shit? What are they doing up there? How I don't is this know. happening? It's it, so, and yeah, they, because I, I, we, we do sometimes somewhat sarcastically use the phrase earned the right, but you, it, it, it is obviously true in this sport. Yeah, you absolutely. have to be able to, you have to be able to win the middle before you can do all the fancy shit. And they always do that. And it's quite funny. I think of that clip from when Bart becomes the I don't do it boy. And he, and then Conan O'Brien says, sit perfectly still. Only I <laughs> no, made it. That's them. They're like, hey, don't you try to play like us? Only we may throw the ball wide to Reese Walsh on tackle two and score a try from our own 20 meter line. You just have to play normal footy and get smashed by us. And that's what happened. And, <laughs> and you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. And look, we could talk about the Broncos all day. Maybe we should stop because we do have a whole Broncos preview show later oh, in the I, week. I, I have a feeling the Broncos fans will not mind if we go. Okay, if good. We just talk about the Broncos. Well, I feel bad that we've not Broncos, mentioned the Warriors at all. Salivate over the Broncos. But yeah, what... I mean, can you find positives from this if you're worried? It's a great season. I think so. Mate. It's a great I, I, season. I think so. It, 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 mate, well, it is a great season. And I also think they maximize their level of talent this year. Mm. And I think making, I, and just because the ending sort of sucked a little bit, that doesn't change the journey. Yeah. You know, and I think before, before this game, when they just sort of had the coverage on at TV and I was at Pup's place and, you know, a couple of the boys were there or whatever, it felt to me what grand finals feel like. You know, it really did. Like I was, I was really, really getting amped up, even though I always thought the Broncos were going to win and all that. Just the the vibe, sort of the images that were coming through from Caxton Street, the way that New Zealand mobilized behind this team, it made this game feel bigger to me than a normal preliminary final. Yeah. And a big part of that is the Broncos, of course. Well, yeah, of course. But the Warriors are also a huge part of that. And while this team sort of like got run off, run off the park in their biggest game of the year, I think I think there's there's very clear ways that they can get better. You know what I mean? They're going to get Roger Tuivasa. That's Shek so back. big. Like, He's going to slot back in the centers, and that's going to be really important because Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry both had really tough ones in this one. You They're going to get Berry. Luke Metcalf back, and that's another big thing because Tamari Martin just hasn't quite looked right yeah. since he came back from that from that broken leg. You know, and like I, if I was a Warriors fan, I would be disappointed that they didn't, they weren't, or that they 
weren't able to play their best football in 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 the biggest game that mattered. Um, mm. But Adam Fanua Blake had a real tough one. I thought the game was way too quick for him. And I actually think his lateral movement in defense got targeted a fair bit by the Broncos. You know, Murata Niakore and Jackson Ford have both had really good seasons, but again, the game was a little bit quick for them. Ford's miss on Walters right on the try line was just, you need, you just need better from that. From your Not back rowers who are there yeah. to drive the defensive intensity and who play a lot on effort, you just, you need more than that. Yeah. You know, and they, and they probably need to build out their bench a little bit more. I thought Dylan Walker did pretty well when he came on, but Jazz Tavanga, Bailey Siren and Josh Curran, not so much, you know. Curran's a weird one. He came on the scene and I was like, this kid could be anything. And he's never been a bad player. It's just I've always thought there was more there. Just... I think if I was him, I'd probably be looking to leave just because I think he needs to start. Yeah. Um, he's capable of of providing an impact off the bench or whatever, but um, I think he's at his point in his career where he needs to start. But, yeah. But yeah, the, the Warriors, they just they just sort of weren't able to play their sorts of game and 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 the match kind of got away with them in the sense that it didn't turn into the style of game that they needed it to be to be successful. I, I do think it's promising that um after that fucking blistering 20 minutes where the Broncos scored, I think it was four tries in 30 seconds. That's correct. The war like they didn't go away. They did get the last one before half time with Montoya. And I actually thought in the first 10 minutes of the second half, they were kind of maybe not getting back in the game, but looking a lot more comfortable. They were going set for set a bit more and they were looking like they were just working their way into it. And then obviously the Reese Walsh forward pass happened. And then from there, it was, it was a bit more of a Broncos procession. I'm not like, screaming that, you know, the Warriors were robbed or whatever. The Broncos pro- like almost definitely go on and win this game in this, in a similar fashion. It kind of just hasten the inevitable, but I, I, I do think that, I don't know. It just would have been nice to just see it happen naturally rather than having it accelerated. You know what I mean? I guess. Like, Cause it, re- it, re- it really did take the wind out of the sails and all that sort of thing. It pro- again, the Broncos win this game anyway. No worries. They still had gears to go to and all that. It's just, I don't know. It's just shit. And it's just shit because it just empowers some of the worst aspects of rugby league discussion. Yep. You know, we spent, two days, we spent two days talking about a forward pass in a blowout and not about how Reese Walsh is the prince. It's you know? just so funny that, oh, it's a different game. And I guess, I, I guess, but like one of those teams was infinitely better than the other on Saturday yeah. night in the game that I watched. And yes, it was a forward pass. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care. They won by a thousand points. Who gives a shit? Talk to me about Reese Walsh. Talk to me about Adam Reynolds. Talk to me about this forward pack. Just don't talk to me about this shit. Who cares? And yeah, maybe we should just have it so you can rule on them. I mean, I don't know how you implement this stuff, but yes, I don't know why you can't. I've never really understood that, especially now when we've got a million camera angles. Like, you just have a margin of error, and you're like, well, you can't really, if you can't be 100% sure, you just leave it as the on field call. But like, there's some of them where it's literally like an NFL pass and it would yeah. take one look to be like, yep, forward pass, bring it back. I don't know why we can't do that, but uh, maybe the maybe the best thing that will come out of this nonstop discourse of two days of this bullshit is that it might actually get sorted in the offseason because that's the only way anything ever gets sorted in this game is if people cry about it for ages on the computer. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably get back to the Broncos a little bit later, but just last stuff on the Warriors. I thought in a team that was getting bashed, I thought the one Sean Johnson was was really good. I think most of the time when the Warriors got inside the attacking 20, he was able to do stuff. Their strong structures did come through pretty well. Um thought Tohu Harris was probably the only Warriors forward who kind of 
really held the gloves up. Um, he really lacked support, but a, a, a strong, fi- a, a pretty good finish to a really strong year for him. And I thought Nickel Klukstad was maybe their best player. Um, really busy again, set up that first try with a really nice pass, had a couple of really good cover tackles as well that probably stopped this from getting into like mm. historic beat down. We could have had a double prelim burger. That would that would have been crazy. I actually I actually wouldn't have liked that. It would have too, felt too it would have felt perverse. It would have too decadent. Yeah. So the Waz, you know, tough finish, but a, a a great great year. And I feel like they're a team that it, that can still get better as well. So that's an mm. exciting thing for them. Yeah. All right. We had the NRLW semifinals as well. Uh, the Knights holding off the Broncos. There will be no uh, men's women's double for Brisbane. Ends up five tries each. Jesse Southall's boot being the difference. I got on the tram to go up to the uh, the football stadium in Sydney to watch the second semifinal of this when it was, I think, 24-10 to Newcastle with like 15 minutes left. So I got a rude shock when I looked at my phone a few minutes later. Yeah, well, we, we spoke a little bit in the lead up about how Brisbane do have the sort of individual talents that can just turn games mm. on their head. You know, and that's 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 kind of what happened. They they've sort of maybe had a bit of an issue in stitching all of that talent together, and I think some of that talent has kind of suffered with the ravages of a long season. Like I feel like Melee Hafunga's had a really tough couple of weeks. I feel like ten weeks of you know top level football has has sort of taken its toller. I think she's looked pretty tired the last couple of weeks, and I don't think we saw anything close to the best of her in this one, but. Brisbane had the had the capabilities to just create points from anywhere at any time. You know, not that dissimilar to the way to some of the way that their their men's team can play, but the Knights were just too composed, too strong through the eighty minutes, too consistent with their application. You know, and the big home crowd as well. It's twelve thousand people up there, which is a great effort for Newcastle. We said like any if it was over five thousand, that'd did, be yeah, a bit of a yeah, yeah. a wrap for them. But they really showed out. I think that really made a difference getting them home. Um, Knights, I thought uh, it was pretty telling how good the Knights were in the middle of the field, especially early. I thought Hannah Southwell and Kayla Johnson were both really, really strong, both getting on the score sheet too, which is which is good stuff. Love seeing forwards get over. Um, but the Knights, the Knights to me, maybe even if they're not as talented as they were last season, they, I think, just just getting more time together and sort of playing with that greater cohesion has really, I think really helped them. I think they're the best team. Like in terms of the way they all play with each other and for each other. Yeah, I think so too. That's a good way of putting it. So yeah, I understand that's a little bit of a cliche, but sometimes the most obvious statements are that are still the correct ones. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, and I think I think the promising thing for them is the way that their best players have have improved their game. Like mm. I think this is Tamika Upton's best season in the NRLW by a fair fair way, and she's been the best fullback in the league for the last couple of years already. You know, but I feel like she's gotten much better as a ball player. She's really got that balance between sort of organizing and running the ball. The combination that she has with Jesse Southwell is fantastic. Southwell and Sel- herself has really improved. I think we put so much we put yeah. so much pressure on her because she's of still how, a good, how good she is and how capable she can be. But and, and she probably had a, like a bit of a tougher start to the year. Slow um, start, but that's all right. But didn't yeah, play great. It, didn't like, didn't play great in the Origins either. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But she's. I feel like she's really grown into herself as this season's going on and mm. you know kicking six i think it was six from six off the tee from her as well which is and a- in, in a like you know i think that's still the, i think there's some better goal kickers now than when the when the, the when the competition first started but that's still such a bonus when you can absolutely well, I, th- oh, I, I think i think ali brigginshaw kicked two from five yeah and that's you know so it does it does go a really long way and i guess that's it you know brisbane are very good at the big things but newcastle are good at the big things and the little things and mm. When you come right down to it, it's the little things that make up life, you know? 
that 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 um that last try was very Raiders men's esque. Just a weird kick that pinballs off sixteen people ends not up with fluke. Ali Brigham. It's not a fluke. Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, very exciting finish to that one. Brisbane can't just show it, but uh, the Knights will not be playing the Roosters like we all thought. I went up there, uh, not twelve thousand people at, at Allianz Stadium, <laughs> but I was there, and I think Riley Jorgensen might be my new favorite player. Just like, oh yeah. She was just an absolute, like, think Corey Hughes level, just being a little shithouse in that second half when they were trying to grind <laughs> that game out. Fantastic stuff. They And it's weird, right? So, like, often when you have the much more fancied team lose a game like this, it's because they bombed a bunch of tries or they just, they, 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 they couldn't execute. The Roosters never really got in a lot of positions to execute in this game. This wasn't a game where they got down the Titans' end and bombed a bunch of tries or, like, kick, kick dead or drop the ball over like anything they just this game was played in the middle of the field like for the most part they could not get anything going with the ball in hand even millie boyle the great millie Boyle, had one of the worst games i can remember her having and the titans just hung in for this grind from minute one they had a clear game plan of we're going to hold on for dear life we're going to slow things down and good luck to you if you can beat us and i'll tell you who had a really slow start but probably ended up being their best player was um was Ivana Polite, who was really shaky at such a that really bad miss. Yeah. Um, that really bad drop kick, which led to the penalty right in front of me. I was shocked the Roosters didn't take the two at that point, by the way. But anyway. Um, and then in the second half, I thought she was really key to getting their attacks on the front foot. Brittany Braley, she went close to scoring earlier in the game and then gets the opening try. And then from there, they just they just managed the game really well. Like it was all the only thing that they didn't do, we didn't. I just wanted to see Lauren Brown grub one over the sideline and do the calm down gesture. <laughs> That's the only thing I didn't get. Walk to the other, scrum. Walk to the scrum. But like, yeah, they just managed this game so smartly from start to finish. I think that there was never really a time in this game where they felt like they were on the back foot. They defended well. They nailed their rotations. I think there was they they got the balance of play right, and they absolutely deserved to win this game. Yeah, they just, they just scrapped them to death, didn't they? Mm. They just really scrapped them to get, it was, it was, they just put more energy into winning every little contest, every little battle that they could win. They wanted to win, you know, and they just won a lot more of them than the, than the roosters. I, I, I agree with you. I, so I, I saw, I saw, I think three quarters of this game after the, I was out at the New South Wales cup grand final and you're right. I kept waiting for the roosters to sort of like really blow the game open, but the mm. Titans just never let them. The yeah. Titans just never let them. They just put them in the coop as it were. You know, and you mentioned Polite. I still think her best position is center by a fair, fair way. But gee, she's she's been improving as a fullback this year. And just just the the it's 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 funny, man. Like she doesn't she doesn't look like the most graceful of runners, but she does mm. get around the park well and she just has a way about her for getting on the outside of, of defenders and, and brushing through tackles and all that. You wouldn't say that she's the most athletic looking runner out there, but just finds a way to get it done. And I guess that's the that's something that flows through this entire Titans team. They just find a way to get it done, you know? And that's kind of what they've done all season. All season, we've been coming on talking about how, oh, the Titans, you know, they played this team. They only beat it by 10-odd points. It wasn't that impressive, but they got it done. Mm. But sometimes that's all Sometimes all it takes, man. A bit, yeah. of, a bit of a can-do attitude. My, my NRLW finals bracket is perfect. <laughs> two from two. Look at this. Look at <laughs> you. Good. Look at this guy. Have you got a perfect bracket for the men's? No, I got uh, Rooster Storm wrong. Ah, you're close. Yeah, that, that's the only one, though. Real good effort. Um, the, yeah, uh, 
they they were great and then just saw this game out. Interesting though, this is now like the second year in a row where the Roosters have been almost unbackable favorites and they've had a really bad performance. Yes, in the inter- it's in- it's interesting, isn't it? Um, and I wonder, like, look, uh, let's call a spade a spade. The media pressure on a coach in the women's game is never going to be anywhere close to what it is in the men's game. Or maybe it will be in time, but it's not now. But maybe John Strange should be under a little bit of pressure because you can't, I don't think you can be a team with so much talent and just lay an egg twice, two years in a row in the finals. I understand that. He, I do think that that premiership last year in 2020, the first 2022 season, will buy him a lot of credit because mm. he did a great job to get a pretty busted team to fire up in the finals and then win the grand final. Um, but yeah, it is a, it is an interesting one. What do you kind of put it down to? Because this was not dissimilar to that Knights Roosters prelim last year. Oh, sorry. The, no, the para the para roosters pre. It wasn't. Last year. Is a lot of it, it, it. How much of it can just be down to thinking they're going to win? I, I think it has to. I honestly think it has to be a fair bit because yeah. that was kind of the read that I got. From so you them. didn't earn the right, the Sydney Roosters <laughs> in this game. Yeah, I, I I got the I got a similar kind of read in the in the para roosters prelim mm. last year, where para led by some Mattalfer and Kennedy Charrington just sort of like rumbled him and, and just genuinely just, just maybe not wanted it more, but they were willing to fight harder for it, mm. you know? And the Titans kind of were in this one as well, you know? And I wonder if the Roosters, like, yeah, of course they've got Millie Boyle, who's probably, who's probably still the best forward in the entire league. But I wonder if they could have done with someone like Georgia Hale, who I thought was superb for the, for the Titans, just like all effort led the line with defense. Great was great controlling the ruck. Maybe that's the sort of presence that they need on the, mm. on the team, you know what I mean? And not more, not more firepower. Cause they got plenty of firepower. They got plenty of creativity, even though they didn't score any points in this one, but maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need just like a little bit more grit to go with some of the glamour. Mm. It's interesting. There was a quote, uh, not a quote, sorry. There's a, there's a tweet. Uh, uh, John Strange hopes the NRLW looks at a different final system next year to give the top two a chance. Um, Mr. Strange, with all due respect, do you not remember 18 months ago when your team lost more games than they won? Only made the finals because the Eels lost by a certain amount in the last game of the regular season in a game your team was not playing in. And then you won the comp. What is he advocating a McIntyre system? Because then he may have my support. A soft McIntyre. (laughs) No, I think like it would be like the old, the system we always had in soccer, right? Where it'd be first versus second, third versus fourth. And I've, I've never liked that. I think for, I think, Straight knockouts fine when it's four out of ten teams. You had to the regular season yeah. still means heaps when it's four out of ten teams. Yeah, I, you could maybe push it to top five. Go for the go with the old school top five. Of yeah, one yeah. gets a week off. Yeah, major semis you, and minor semis. You could sell me on I the. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. I. You, you I could feel s- like half the teams making the finals is okay, but it can't be any more than that. Yeah, you could sell me on the one v two, three v four if it was still like a six team competition because I hated the fact that four teams made the finals and at least then you would get a little bit of extra reward from being in the top two. But mm. when only four teams are making the finals. 10 anyway i feel yeah. like you've already got that reward by being there because it's much much harder to make the finals when it's four out of ten than it is four out of six so yeah. i don't know i'm fine with it the way it is and again you and i have never been gigantic fans of finals games that don't end with teams getting knocked out so that's right yeah um but i gotta tell you man i just massive massive ups to the titans i think this is their first this, i think women's. this is the first time a titans team will play in a grand final in yep. like a senior grade grand final. They've had Queensland Cup teams make grand finals, but that's feeder and clubs. So those clubs have their own the identity. Prelim so in 2010. It's a little a little bit different. Yeah. But grand final, bro. Yeah. The Gold Coast Titans are going to play on grand final day. 
for the very first time. And mm. that's fucking awesome. It All sure 10 is. of their fans must be so stoked. You know who else is playing on Grand Final Day, Nicholas? Who else? The Grand Old Club. That's They right. did it. Go and write another 30,000 words about your loser North Sydney Bears, Campton. Cop that. <laughs> It's someone, Woody Dean's world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> yeah. So the Rabbitohs beat the Bears twenty-two eighteen in the New South Wales Cup Grand Final. Um, and I have a real, I have a real soft spot for the Bears. Um, and I wrote a really big, multi-part feature on them about four years ago, and then I wrote another thing this week, and I was out there at the game with a couple of Bears supporting mates, and I wanted the Bears to win, but it's also like you know, this is not my fight. This is not my struggle. But after the game, I got like three texts saying, mate, I'm so sorry about the Bears. And I was like, mate, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't in tears or anything like that. Don't worry. I just texted you saying, get fucked. Because the <laughs> boys did it. I want a four-part series on Footy Dean. How about that? With a with an appendix about Blake Torf, who was man of the match, and I'm gonna miss. Yeah, well, this was yeah, this was a this was a really good game. So Souths had a lot of a lot of guys with first grade experience. So Blake Taft was at fullback. Well, weren't the Bears Isaac blowing Thompson up that Shaq Tyrone shouldn't have been Murray. allowed to play? Sorry? Weren't the Bears like blowing up that Shaq shouldn't have been eligible to I, play? I, I don't know. There was some talk about that. But yeah, Tyrone Munro and Isaac Thompson were there. Dean mm. Hawkins was there. Shaq Mitchell was playing. Pete Mamazelos, um, Talis Duncan. And then the Bears had a couple of Roosters guys. They had Junior Palga, Terrell May, and um, and Fletcher Baker. It was a, for reserve grade, it was a pretty high quality fixture. Really, really even. The Bunny's got the winner with about, I think it was five, four or five minutes to go. There's a really nice Tyron Munro. shift and, and Taft put Tyron Munro over in the corner. It was very, very hard to find footage of this game last night when I wanted to watch it, by the way. Like, it was not on TV anywhere. And, yeah. like, the only things I could find on YouTube was, like, some dude doing a watch-along. And then, like, one of the South fan channels put, like, a very weirdly edited highlights package there. So I managed to see the winning try, but didn't see yeah. much of it. Kind of annoying. Kind of weird that's, that it wasn't on TV. but uh. Yeah, that's funny it wasn't on telly. But, uh, yeah, Taft. Taff was man of the match and deservedly so. I thought he looked really, really strong. Maybe a little bit of cut above of, of a cut above this that level, which um, is good to see because he's someone whose career has sort of taken a hit or two over the last couple of years. But I think it's clear that there's a pretty serious footballer in there. Um, but to be honest with you, the thing that I would really keep an eye on from this Souths team is probably the coach. It's a guy named Joe O'Callaghan who um, took a it, it, maybe not the most typical role into big time coaching. He was a teacher for a really long time up in Queensland and a really good schoolboy coach up there. There was a mm. Queensland schoolboys team. Oh, it's probably about four years ago now or so. And it was a team that had Reese Walsh and Hamiso Tabuai Fidel and Xavier Savage and a bunch of other guys who have since gone on to the NRL. And Joe Callahan was the coach of that from there. He came into the South system. Um, I think he coached a little bit of junior rep stuff and then Jersey flag and now New South Wales cup. And next year he's going to be on Jason Dimitri's staff um, for the, for the, for the first grade side. And I think he's a guy with a really big future in, in NRL coaching as a head coach or an assistant or anything like that. I, it's just talking to a few of the players and talking to a couple of guys, like he's someone who really gets his teams to play for mm. him a, a little bit in that Andrew Webster mold. Um, mm. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Definitely. I think he's done a great job with this, with this Souths team. I think there's a lot of guys in that side who, when they play first grade, you're like, well, I don't know, but at reserve grade, they're a cut above. It's clear that they've sort of come a long way. And two guys who are really like that was Shaq Mitchell and Isaac Thompson. They were both super yeah. in this game. It's probably the best game I've seen. I've seen Shaq play. I like think, you watch um, that. You're watching playing a game like this and you realize he's not just getting a gig in the first because he's Latrell Mitchell's brother. Like, he, he, he earns it on merit. He looks great in red. Yeah. I still hope that he can become a... I, I think there's a 
realistic chance that he's a regular first grader next year. I watched him the best. He seems like a really nice fella too. But yeah, I, I agree, mate. And um, it's just it just made me a little bit sad, really, that like this is like, I mean, it's dumb to be so caught up with Blake Tarf of all people leaving, but it just seems like in damn it, like just really represents to do with all the problems at the club at the moment. It's like, why? Like this guy's a really well-liked clubman, a really talented guy, a really good guy to fill in when someone's not there. A guy who's been a great 14, a great 18 and a serviceable fullback when he needs to be in, 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 in the, in the first grade setup, but it's just letting him go. I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess, he pro- he's probably tipping himself to get a start at the Bulldogs, I like wish in him the first the grade team every week, and I, that that might not just be something South can offer him. If know? he goes down the Corey Allen Highway and ends up at the Roosters, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> so. Yeah. So with the bunnies getting up in that one, our grand final day slate is set. We got East Tigers versus South in the state oh, championship. The Cody Walker Bowl. The, it is the Cody Walker Bowl. Yeah. That's great. That's a great pull from you. Yeah. You cut knowledge, talk, we, Matt we Bungard. We didn't. <laughs> We didn't talk too much about East Tigers, but they won the Queensland Cup. It was their first premiership in a really long time. I think about 30 years or something like that. And they've got a couple of names that people would recognize. Corey Thompson, George Jennings, Riley Jacks, Jonah Pezzett, Levaha Pulu, who used to play at the Titans and worries a little bit. Joey fucking Chan on the bench. It's good stuff. They're taking on the Bunnies. Then NRLW, we got Titans Knights. Hmm. Big one, big one, lot on the line. And then we got the big, big one, even more on the line. Bronx Panthers. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I want it to be Sunday. I want it to be Sunday right now. We have to get there. The journey's as important as the destination, my friend. That's right, brother. That's what Grand Final Week. That's what Grand Final Week's all about. Grand Braden, Final Week is about hearing something and then just saying that's what Grand Final Week's all about. Braden Torpy is such a great rugby league name. Braden Torpy, that's what Grand Final Week is. I'm looking at I'm looking at the East Tigers team. Cole Guy, is he related to Maverick? Uh yeah, I think he is. Okay. Good 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 work, Cole. There are two Tristans in their starting team. Double Only double two? yeah. Double Tristan. There you go. All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here, but before we do, thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. You get access to a Discord server, uh entry into next year's Cold Train Cup, merchandise discounts, and you'll get uh like 14 podcasts this week. <laughs> 14? 27? Yeah, as, as as many podcasts as humanly possible. 800 podcasts. So, yeah, if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash rookies. And thank you to Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayno the Old Coot, 2041 Rookie of the Year, Panther Star, Methamphetamine Rules, Alex Sergicomi, Broncos legend Adam Reynolds. It's all caps after you. Bruce the Pom, Bullet Tooth Tony and his good friend Desert Eagle, 0.50, Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Gallinay, Death Taxes, and Reese Walsh cramping up after scoring a stick try. Do it for Stacey Jones. Well, if they did, Stacey Jones is now dead. Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie. I also went to school with Bungard. Jason, Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks ass out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Ladrick, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Midwell, Mads, Taylor's version, Man, Haas, To'o, Drinkwater, Matthew Duggan, Michael, a boom, 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 let me say, well, well. Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins. My name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift. My ding, ding, dong is hard and I am sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Pete Fulger, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Scores wants Stuart Sack. See you in Vegas. Shanta Ty. Thank you too. Chris Abnell, Dave, Rookie and Ruffy Stew. The Black Vegetable. The outro music is a vibe on 1.75 times speed. Thor, Tom Hardy, Was, and Westlife Podcast and the Pasco Fiasco. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Was there a couple of new names in there? So like I know we have changed. new names every week. Yeah. I know that's the game, but was there a couple of extra ones? No, no, we 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 uh we, 
we've got a couple of new patrons this week, as we always do in Greatest Games Time, but none on the shout out tier. So, but I love all of you equally. You want to give Greatest, greatest Games one more plug? Oh yeah, we did a uh, Storm Warriors. It's actually a very good show. Um, <laughs> as uh, opposed to all our other shows. Yeah, most, well, most of them are crap. Well, I, <laughs> well, I, I was just happy. So we've got a listener of the show. I'll, I'll keep him anonymous, but he's a sound engineer. Like he edits edits stuff for uh, edits stuff like, like genuinely movies and, and TV shows and stuff like in Hollywood. Like, and uh, he messaged me and compliments me on the editing all the commentary clips into the show. So that's not easy stuff to do. Good job. And I said thank you. So if you like uh stuff that's been approved by an actual person that knows what they're doing. If you like uh, well produced out. audio, mm. tune in. No, if, no, we so if you're a Warriors fan who wants to forget all about the weekend yeah, cheer or up. if you just want to bathe in the nostalgia of the the late two thousands, then feel free to come through and if and you're a storm sign fan, up just, and give it a listen. Just go watch one of the 12 grand finals you've won. Who gives yeah, a shit? If you're a Storm fan and you hate yourself, you can go You can go listen to it as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Say goodbye, sure Campo. Good, goodbye, Bertrand. That's goodbye from me.